1: that's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, I, Whitney Little is an experienced social media strategist, leading the Knot and WeddingWire social media teams and overseeing all influencer and celebrity partnerships. After growing her career at People, MTV, and DKC, she went on to launch the Knots Influencer Program, spearhead an all day Facebook Live event in honor of National Wedding Day, and host the Knots podcast, XOXO by The Knot. Welcome to the podcast, Whitney. It's so great to uh, connect with someone when we're all working from home right now. It's a little extra nice and extra sweet, I think, because of that alone. But it's always nice to reconnect with you, Whitney Little. I think that like... We're all sort of like trying to hang in there, like trying to remain optimistic with everything going on. But I think like these co- this conversation is the highlight of my day, truthfully. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to chatting. Tell everyone a little bit about like your professional journey. Um, I know I've been fortunate to be with you through a bit of that professional journey and kind of how you arrived at where you are today.
0: So when I went to college, because I'm very old now, we studied journalism and social media wasn't a thing. Facebook appeared when I was a freshman. So we didn't really understand social media as a career at all. So when I moved here, my goal was to work at People Magazine. I really wanted to write for magazines and be part of that whole industry. And then I moved up here and worked for a digital site that was covering Gossip and journalism. It was very similar to Gawker, but not Gawker, not anywhere close. And then I got laid off on my birthday, which was very sad. And I kind of stumbled my way into a job at MTV doing digital production. Loved it. I worked on Jersey Shore, Real World, like the most iconic, I think, shows at the time. And then moved to People Magazine because I got a job offer there to do digital production. I was so excited. And while I was there I paid a lot of attention to social and they kind of moved me over to oversee that for a few years and so I helped run the twitter and instagram and facebook accounts although instagram wasn't that big of a deal yet we would use it almost as a throwaway account if our editors went to a press event and they needed to post something they would just post it on our instagram it wasn't a big deal at all the main traffic came from facebook And that was before the algorithm really changed so we were seeing crazy numbers at the time and then i wanted to stop thinking about kim kardashian for a little bit so why (laughs) weird right why (laughs) and so i went to the agency side of things and it wasn't necessarily for me but i loved getting to understand that side of the business and really working with clients to figure out what are their goals and like where's the bottom line here right because when you're in-house you sometimes are so focused on the brand as a whole that you forget how we make money and these you know bigger picture picture questions so did that for a couple years and that's how I met you because we were working with influencers that was my first time really doing that Mm -hmm. and learned a lot about it and then decided I wanted to go in-house again but I didn't wanna care about Kim Kardashian that much. And so, found this role for the knot and the bump at the time. So I oversaw both of those brands and their social strategy. I had a team of one, and now I have a team of nine, which is awesome. The company has really invested in social media and influencers and celebrity partnerships, which has been great. So I've been there about two and a half years now. And we merged companies with WeddingWire at the beginning of 2019 so we've really been growing and figuring out um how do we differentiate the brands so our audience don- doesn't necessarily know we're owned by the same parent company but we want to make sure we are working in tandem you know to reach all different couples who are planning their weddings. so that's been a really cool challenge and influencers were not heard of at the time before I signed on with the company, they really weren't doing anything with them. So that's been really fun to grow that department and figure out um, how do we make our executive team believe in influencers? And how do we get more budget for that? And that's been my biggest focus and my biggest challenge. And it's been a lot of fun though. I
1: can imagine, I mean, it's really exciting. I can only imagine that it's exciting just building something that didn't exist prior to you being there. So like that alone, um tells me a lot about your personality that you're like up for a challenge and like you must enjoy that kind of thing. Like, what has that experience been like? Like the good and the bad, the challenges, like all of it, you know. How has that been? How has that piece been for you?
0: You know, I say I'm up for the challenge, but then I like go home and cry about it. <laughs> it's like I, I have good days and bad days, right? Sure. And it's hard to put a monetary value on things that you can't always. Um, measure. Right? So I can say, I know that this influencer is good for us because they have a great story. They authentically love the brand. And I know that their audience cares, but it's so hard to say this is the exact, uh, this is the exact measure this has on our company. It's, you can't really gauge that. Um, but we try to look at our social share of voice as a whole and see if we're looking at the conversations among the knot and wedding wire and other competitors, where does the knot live in all that? And then whenever we have an influencer activation, we see that number rise. And so it at least tells me we're doing the right thing. And our executive team can see that specific number um, and know that, you know, this is something worth investing in. But I think that's so interesting what you're saying, right? Cause everybody
1: is, A lot of people are looking at very similar statistics and similar metrics and like those are the ones that somebody somewhere deemed the appropriate ones to examine. And I think it's so interesting that you're saying, like, well, there are other things that we can look at as well that can actually show us quite a bit. So you touched a bit on, like, just, like, looking at your competitors and seeing, like, what are they doing and where do you measure up against that and how does it compare? Um, Are there other examples that you can say? Because I find that really interesting,
0: I, that's kind of the biggest one that I can put in front of our exec team, but there are a lot of instances where we just see DMs from people that say, I was following this person and I really like this specific thing. I want to use the knot. Um, Or this is a little different than influencers, but I try to challenge my team across both the knot and wedding wire to make sure There's diversity in our Instagram feeds at all times. I don't want someone coming to our feed and having to scroll to find something that speaks to them because everyone wants to plan their weddings. There's not a specific demographic. And so it's important for me, regardless of engagement or any other metrics that someone feels seen. So that's something that we can't measure, right? And actually sometimes it doesn't perform as well, but we will sometimes get user comments that say, I was looking for an app to plan my wedding, and I went with The Knot because I saw myself reflected. And we don't always hear those, but we know they're out there. And when we do hear those, it's really important for me to amplify that to my leadership and the executive team.
1: A hundred percent. I've said for a long time, like... I mean, everybody said engagement is so key, but you know, the most important engagement, arguably, are when people send a DM or a comment, not a like. You know, those are so much more heavily weighted, and I think that's what you're finding. You know, uh, that a comment or a DM is just so much should be so much more heavily weighted because there's so much value that you can take from that. Like, if somebody goes out of their way to say something to you exactly like what you are saying, this really spoke to me, and like. I made a decision on such a huge event in my life to like go this route based on what you said. Like, yeah, like that, I would, argue, I would definitely agree with you. Like that's so worth highlighting and celebrating that you guys are doing something right. And it can be a marker of like, this is also a clear indication that like we're, we're, we should continue in that direction. Maybe we should more heavily invest in that direction too. So it's really good to see. I think it's so cool that you've grown this team from, you know, one person to you said nine now, right?
0: Yeah. And that sounds crazy. It's three people on the not social team, three people on WeddingWire and WeddingWire includes WeddingWire UK and WeddingWire Canada. We have a lot of global offices for wedding Wire. There's like in India and Barcelona, there's places everywhere, but the UK and Canada, the team in the US handles that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two people on my influencer and celebrity partnerships team.
1: That's really awesome. And so, you know, as the person sort of heading up a team of nine, like what have you learned as you've built that team in order to have everybody
0: work as successfully as possible together? It's tough, especially when Wedding Wire and The Knot merged because I, half my team members were suddenly in DC. And it's really difficult to get trust and to connect your team when you don't see each other every day. And then you sometimes battle the New York employees talking among themselves at their desks or in the hallway and then the DC team doing the same and we're not communicating the latest developments on strategies or things like that. What I've actually found to be really great right now, we're all, you know, Working from home, it's actually been really helpful for my team because everyone's remote and so the communication has gotten really strong and it's really bonded my DC WeddingWire team and my New York The Knot team. They talk so much, like they're talking on Slack, they're getting on Hangouts together. There's a lot of growth there and they're bonding a lot. What I've had to learn as a leader is everyone's different working styles, which sounds so cliche, But it is very hard for me to keep track of nine people and how they want to receive feedback and how they want to be recognized. They're just all really different. And especially like I said, when they're working in DC and I'm in New York, I really have to be careful to make sure I'm meeting them where they are. And I'm helping the team feel like they all have their marching orders and they're set up for success. We went down, the New York team went down to DC for two days to get to know the office and get to know everyone. And we went out to dinner. And those things are great. But we found that we work the best when we have a campaign that we're working on together in person. So my influencer and celebrity partnerships team, one's in New York and one's in DC. And so we had an event in the Hamptons this summer that completely bonded the team more than anything else. We can go to happy hours. We can visit. But when you're working on something you know, 24 hours a day, basically, that's when you really grow close to each other and you have that trust. So, it's been a learning curve for me, but I really enjoy it.
1: I mean, it it can be, and like I always appreciate your honesty about that because <laughs> um people listening can like definitely relate. And I'm sure there are wins, but I'm sure there are like learning moments too, when it certainly did not feel anything remotely close to a win. And like it gets frustrating or it's disappointing. Um, but like, those are just opportunities, like they're opportunities to learn and to continue to grow. And as, you know, a women's networking organization, like those are the opportunities I believe that like we grow the most and like, they're the most fulfilling too, right? Like, you know, like, is there an instance where you felt like, you know, maybe you were challenged? I feel like this is like an interview question. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, well, I'm technically interviewing you, but I'm certainly not interviewing for a job. Um, You know, if there's a like a challenging time where, you know, it really uh, tested you or it was something that you really struggled with, um, maybe somebody gave you some really good advice um, or maybe you just discovered it for yourself. But could you talk about maybe a moment that comes to mind about that?
0: Yeah, so... Because I'm based in New York, my CMO is based in New York, and our VP of consumer marketing is based in New York, I think our DC team sometimes feels really left out, right? They feel like leadership doesn't even know what they're doing all day because they're not there in person. And so one of the pieces of feedback I was given from my team member in DC was, I just want to know what's happening. And if there's nothing, I just want to hear from you regardless because they don't feel like they're in the loop. And they also don't feel like they're being uh, seen by the New York leadership team. So that was something that I was not fully, I think, aware of, or... I I don't think I could have thought of that on my own, right? Until my team member said, I'm feeling like I'm not seen, and I'm feeling like there's a lot happening in New York that I'm not hearing about. Even if it's not necessarily relevant to them, it's good for me just to say, hey, I haven't heard anything else about this campaign, just so you know. Like it's helpful to really bridge that gap and make sure we're talking across departments and they feel like, I know I'm not there physically, but I'm thinking about you guys always. And I'm trying to keep those lines of communication open. And then figuring out how can I make sure my team that's not in the New York office is still getting recognition from leadership. So it's having them present in larger department meetings. Making sure I'm sending an email and CCing this person and saying, here's what she came up with. Um, so people understand just because you're out of sight, you're not out of mind. That's been something that's really been a learning curve for me and something I'm trying to be really cognizant of right now, um, especially when there's so much change and we're pivoting strategies. I'm checking in with them probably twice a day to say, hey, I still haven't talked to this person. I haven't received any you know, new developments, but keep doing what you're doing.
1: No. And I love that. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, I mean, pretty much everybody is working from home right now. And, you know, some people thrive in that environment. Maybe they feel like they're they can focus more, or you know they they're like, oh, I'm so used to doing video chats, like I'm good. And then there's others that are really struggling out there, like those who really thrive off of having an office environment and having their coworkers next to them and that energy that you get by having other people around. So you know, it seems like you've experienced that previously, and now it's you know amplified given what's going on in the world. So. So I'd love to hear, like, I don't know, just what, what would you like to see continue? What would you like to keep trying with your team? Um, and what things have you seen historically that you think people have really responded well to?
0: I think right now people miss that human interaction with each other in the office. That's what my team is really struggling with right now because you don't see people except on a screen. I don't get to be in the office and I sit right next to our head of PR and our VP of consumer marketing, my boss sits right behind me. And so I'm always used to just turning my chair around and just asking questions or talking through things. And I don't get that anymore. And my team then doesn't know what's happening because they're not watching me right in front of them, you know, talking through things. So, that is definitely hard. And I think what we're doing right now is craving this human interaction. So I've been setting up uh, hangouts with my team once a week. We're going to be doing like little happy hours and stuff just to continue getting to know each other and seeing our homes. Like that's the craziest thing to me is people <laughs> see my entire apartment. There's two places I can sit. Um, and that's kind of cool. And seeing our pets on the screen and people's children, that's really nice. And I think, that kind of adds a different layer of trust, and um, it humanizes people a little more, I think, so you're not just looking at them as coworkers, and I would also say this uncertainty tends to bond us because we're not going down these paths that we know and we've done over and over again. we're just swapping out different you know campaign names or different influencers. This is very different for us and that's been a really good challenge for my team to figure out how do I, we still have these goals as a company, right? So now we just have to do a completely different approach to still hit them. And then they all have to work together digitally to figure that out has been really interesting. And I also, my team is women. We are all women. I have one man who joined the team and he's, it's very different to watch how I manage a man on our team versus women. We're so used to apologizing all the time and not feeling like we can speak up. And it's important for me to tell my team, ask for what you want um, and push for it. And I will help you every step of the way versus having a man join the team and say, I want X, Y, and Z that's been very different for me too. And our company is mainly women, especially in the consumer marketing department. So it's also making sure I'm reassuring them that uh, they're not silly for asking for certain things and I'm there to push them forward and help them. But I also need them to not apologize for what they do or ask or need.
1: I mean, I, I love that. And I, I think that it's so cool to hear that, um, just that you're cognizant of that. Like that's the best way to really like get through things and work through it. Um, by just being aware, especially if you are the one like tasked with managing other people, like you have to be in touch with them. I, Mm -hmm. I sort of love what you're saying about like, you know you're going from one extreme to the other in regards to relationships with coworkers right like you maybe some like have a strictly business relationship and all of a sudden you're seeing the inside of their home <laughs> mm-hmm. um and so just like navigating that alone and just i i hope what you say is true which is that it's bonding people more than ever um you know what's going on it's like it's it, it certainly doesn't make me feel better that it's a collective experience honestly like i just feel like more people are suffering but like it do, it is a it is a bonding experience just because everybody is going through it um i'd love to hear a little bit more about how this is impacting the wedding industry um i have and I feel like this might be a difficult discussion. I personally had friends of mine, not very many, but a few post on Facebook. Um, Some I knew were getting married and some I wasn't even aware. They're like older friends who, you know, they're like, I've scraped up, you know, my life savings for this moment, a huge moment in my life that I was just like, so looking forward to celebrating with friends and family. And now it's like not happening. And I don't know details like does that mean they're not getting their deposits back like does that mean that like everybody's out of money is it going to get rescheduled like I have a feeling that like people like are just trying to figure that out Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like your wedding is such an emotionally charged time in anybody's life. Um, no matter what age, what gender, like it's just a huge emotionally charged time under normal circumstances. So I can't help, but imagine that this is really affecting, um, your, your, the people who, who tune in and who like are, um, consuming all of your great content. So as a company, how are you guys managing that and
0: navigating your way through it? Well, this answer is like a 10 minute long answer, right? Because sure. half of our business is vendors. So if you are a local venue, you also advertise across the knot and wedding wire. We have a pro community that's called Wedding Pro. Um, wedding wire used to have one, the knot used to have one. We've merged those. And so vendors are advertising across our brands. And so anything we post on social or publicly has to be empathetic to couples planning their weddings, but also empathetic to small businesses. And that was way before a pandemic happened. This was when couples really want to do like a DIY wedding. I'm totally fine with that. But we also can't necessarily celebrate that as much as we would when we have a lot of vendors, you know, working with our company and we support them too. So there was always this lens of balancing both parts of our business. And now this has just been amplified because you're right. A lot of people are struggling with finances and all this. And that's what we're hearing the most on our social channels. We just don't know what that looks like across the board because some vendors are saying one thing, others are saying another, and there's no... there's no best practice for this. And so a lot of couples we're hearing are saying my vendors I'm rescheduling, but now the price has gone up or I just want to cancel. I don't want to deal with this again. I can't get my money back. And we don't know who's doing that. We have also heard of vendors who are giving money back entirely. It really just depends. And I think what's missing right now is this empathy for the vendors as well. Because they are small businesses who could potentially go out of business right now. And then the vendors having to understand these people saved up and are spending all their savings potentially on this wedding. And now they're out of that money. I think what's missing right now, and we're trying to bridge that gap across the knot in the wedding wire is you have to understand what the other person is going through because couples have a major distrust of vendors sometimes. like not, I don't want to blanket statement that, but A lot of couples are like, you're trying to price gouge me for something. And even before I started working for the company, I was like, if you book a venue and you say it's a family reunion or something, that price is going to be lower than it would be if you say it's a wedding. And now I understand why that is. It's because the vendors are working so many more hours and there's a lot of emotional pressure, right? If you mess up the color of the flowers for a family reunion, who cares? If it's a wedding, that is the Biggest deal on the planet. So I understand that a little, a little more now, but it's also that education that I don't think is out there right now. And now we're forced to give it. So it's a weird time. It's a really weird time. And my team right now is answering every DM, every comment. And we posted a hotline just a week ago, last Friday, which has felt like a year ago to say, if your wedding is impacted by this, call us. We're here to help we were flooded with calls and in a good way, that's what we're here for. But then the DMS that came in, we had in the hundreds and the comments we had over 6,000 and we were having to go in and address each one of them. And I didn't fully understand the emotional toll it was going to take on all of us. Like, how could you, you know, and my team every day is dealing with the changing emotions. So at first it was this sense of community. Everyone wanted to rally around each other and say, I'm going through this too. They don't want to feel alone. Now they're mad because they're working with their vendors or their family. Like they're not sure what the future looks like. So they're angry and this will pass. You know, people will start to understand what the future looks like and then this will fade. But right now it's really high stress. And my team is they're being rock stars. But I think the bigger question is what do we do on social? Because we want to acknowledge that people are struggling and they're having to plan their weddings or cancel what we're trying to encourage right now is to postpone instead of cancel because then in an ideal world, your vendors keep their money, but then you just set a later date because then the vendors still are open for business and the couples still get their wedding just on a different timeline. That's the best situation. But I understand if I planned a wedding and then this happened, I don't know if I want to go through that emotionally again. Who knows? I don't know. So we're trying to be cognizant of everything happening and we don't want to be posting our traditional content. Like here's, you know, the best dresses we saw at bridal fashion week, like that's super tone deaf right now. And we just don't know. It's every day we're talking about it. So we put together a five day plan yesterday and that's kind of how we're taking it is day by day on the influencer side we signed on some celebrities to work with us throughout the year and it was in-person activations. It was a press event. And those are the things that really helped drive our share of voice through PR and social. And now we say, well, we've got these contracts, uh, we've got these people signed on. So now what do we do with them? And that's the big question my celebrity partnerships team is figuring out. And influencers, we were very lucky. We had a kickoff trip for the knot the first week of March. We were fine. The minute we got back, everything changed. And so we were really lucky to have our influencers hit the ground with us, get to know the team, get to know each other. It was a really great experience. So now what do we do with them? Because we're not going to have them post in April about their registry, you know, or like, oh, I built my wedding website on the knot. Like that's not the time to plug our brand. And we want to be protective of us as a brand. That's silly, but we also want to be protective of them. We don't want them putting out messaging that feels like, you know, they're just making a paycheck, but they're not understanding the landscape. That's our bigger question mark right now is how do we work with our influencers? Because a few of them have been impacted. A few of their weddings were in May and we're trying to be sensitive to them. We're saying, if you want to share your story, we'd love to amplify it. We'd love to like create the sense of community, but we also know that this is awful for you. And if you don't want to talk, you don't want to talk. That's fine. And then figuring out what do we do with the others for the next couple of months? Because everyone right now is trapped at home with their significant other. <laughs> everyone who's like planning their wedding. And that is tough. And I actually think it's helping people figure out, do I really want to marry this person? Like you really have to love someone to be quarantined with them for who knows how long with my husband with that right now. And I like him a lot. How do we use our influencers now to talk about relationship health and what they're doing at home? How are they having little date nights? How are they communicating? Like, That's really important to us moving forward, but it's figuring out when do we talk about that and who wants to talk about it with us.
1: And I think that a lot of people I keep hearing in whim and elsewhere, just like I like people saying I don't want to be tone deaf. And like everyone's on pause because they're just trying to figure out how to anything at this point, to your point, like you guys are thinking creatively and you guys are just responding to what's actually happening. And I think like, whether that's the whole answer or at least part of the answer, that's the answer, right? It's just like, it's acknowledging what's happening and, and figuring out where the conversation is presently. But I love that idea. Like talking about, you know, relationship health, as you said it, because boy, is that true, you know, like, just being stuck in, uh, you know, look, we're both in New York City. So being stuck inside in a small amount of square footage with somebody and I'm the same boat. I love him to pieces. But like, it's new. (laughs) We're really being tested in certain ways. And some people have children in that equation as well. And trying to, you know, deal with work stress that they've never experienced to that level before and all of it at once. And like, there is a need to talk about that. And I think that that is what I've seen. And I'm curious to hear if you've seen similar, which is there's a need maybe arguably now more than ever for like information for community for like resource sharing, and for like, a lot of communication. And that's what social media is at its core, right? Um, So I understand, of course, the pause, I get it. Like, whether it's a strictly branded thing where people are like, "Oh, it feels like, I don't know how to navigate this. I don't want it to come off X, Y, and Z. But I think that what I keep sensing and I'm hearing from you is that it, it's just, it's pivoting and getting creative to figure out like, how does the strategy change to actually tailor to the times right now and to respond to that? Um, you know, I think it's really great to hear that you guys are also just sort of crowdsourcing information. So you're not really just coming up with that strategy on your own. Um, you know, you can sit, you can, uh, you know, jump on a video conference with your team and brainstorm ideas and who knows, like maybe that's where the greatest idea could come from, but you can also take option B, which is what you guys are doing as well. Set up a hotline. I love that. Like encourage people to DM but to comment you're going to get a lot of engagement right now because there's a lot of help that people need and people are really struggling but I also want to touch on you know what you were talking about briefly about your team sort of listening and responding to a lot of those reach outs from people and like that it it sounds like it's it's taking an emotional toll to a certain extent right i mean It's like a human shared experience, but like these people obviously have a lot of empathy and they're hearing from people that, you know, they've either had a direct connection with, whether it's an influencer that you guys, you know, have, have created a bond with, um, or it's just somebody else who's part of your community that's really struggling right now. And like a little bit of that, you know, comes off on, on the, your team, I'm sure. So, you know, how is, what's morale like right now? And like, how do you think is the best way to just navigate that? Have you done disc training? Oh my God. I'm obsessed with disc. Yeah. So our <laughs>
0: leadership team, we went to DC for 48 hours and we, you know, had some meetings, but we spent nine hours in a room with a, um, like an expert and we took all the training and figured out who we were. I'm an S. I, which the, um, instructor was like, dude, I haven't seen that in a while. And our CMO is a D obviously. (laughs) And we were going around the room and I was like, I don't know if I'm meant to lead because everything in my profile was just like, you care about other people's feelings. You're super empathetic you don't care about results. You just want people to be happy. And I was like, Oh, I'm very bad at this. Maybe. And my team, we took it as a department and they were all S's. Mm -hmm. And the takeaway was ideally every team should have a mix so that you help, you know, your strengths or someone else's weaknesses and you blend together. My team was all S's. And I was like, am I hiring in a weird way? Obviously I inherited the wedding team, but Am I just hiring people like me? I don't want to. But then I thought about it and I was like, I think social media needs a bunch of S's to be able to be sensitive and understand feelings and stuff. That's really important. And I was telling one of my team members who was super um, self conscious about it. She was like, I wish I was a D. Like, I feel like I need to be more of a go getter. I need to be, you know, more bold in my stances. And literally yesterday I told her, this is the time to be an S. And like, how lucky are we to have a team of S's who can deal with this? And not make a bad call in this situation. I would be concerned if my team was not an S because this is the time to be super sensitive, super empathetic and not tone deaf like we were talking about. So with that though, comes a really heavy hit. When we posted the hotline Friday night, I had a couple team members just work till probably 10 or 11 because we got an influx. And I sent them a Starbucks gift card, you know, digitally. Cause I was just like, I don't know how else to say thank you because you're in for it now. And now we can't even use a Starbucks gift card probably, but it's um, it's trying to keep rewarding them and giving them these happy moments because they, are, they feel it on a very deep level. And after a while it feels a little hopeless. Like you can't do anything that you want to do to help these people. And we actually, um, our legal team has to vet everything we post because we can't make promises or give advice the same way we might want to. Like if I had a friend who was going through this, I would give them very different feedback or information than I could to our users. And that's hard too, because we can't just jump in and talk to them the way we would want to. We can say things like, talk to your vendors, we're so sorry you're going through this, we're sending you love, like thank you for sharing. But that's the extent. And so I think that's where my team is, is um, really struggling right now to say we can't actually help these people the way we want to. We can be a support system for them. We can make them feel heard. And that's kind of the extent of it. And I, I, so
1: for those people listening also who aren't familiar with DISC, we've definitely talked about it in previous episodes of the podcast, though. So D I S C, and each letter stands for a different personality trait, and most people, except for your team, <laughs> are usually a combination of two. Um, I think there's only there's one person on my team who's a straight up I. Um, two of them are also S. Uh, you're an SI, yeah? They're both SIs as well. I'm a D trending C. So each one stands for a different thing. It is 1000% worth looking into and learning about because I've had a similar experience to you. Like it was so informative and helpful to just know who you're working with, know who your clients are. Like it's so informative but I can imagine that during this time S is which stands I think that it stands for stability I
0: think. I think so
1: yeah I think S is stability D is dominance I is actually yep. influence or influencer yep. and then C is compliance or like it's something so. like yeah something like that so Um, but I can imagine that being an S type right now, you would be really taking on a lot and just so empathetic, which is exactly what you're saying though. It's like so needed at this point, but also important to know who on your team is that because they're going to be taxed a bit. And I think that as much as it's, important to take care of, you know, our vendors, our clients, our influencers, whoever is out of our business ecosystem. It's also so, so, so important to really take care of our own And, um, I'm just hearing stories of like people getting laid off and, um, whether it's that extreme or whether it's just, you know, taking on a lot more stress and trying to navigate, you know, solving as more problems than they may have ever needed to solve before. Um, so I don't know. I just, I hope that people have compassion first, but also like we have to eat healthy we have to drink a lot of water you have to take a break you're working in at your home you can easily work yourself harder than you should right now like we have to stay healthy we have to like be easy on ourselves and easier on each other um, and just be extra communicative and I don't know, what would you add to that list?
0: What I'm telling my team is I want them all to start taking mental health days. So one of them right now is off. It's a Friday and that's really important for me to have them do that. The other thing I'm trying to get them to do, and I'm not good at it either, is have a hard out because it's so easy to keep working when you're home. So I really want them to start turning off their computers at the end of the day, or at least, you know, getting out of the work stuff because I don't want them just sitting around looking at DMS or thinking through strategy when it's 8 PM on a Friday. I need them to turn off because then when we're on, I really want them to be fresh and focused and not feeling exhausted because even if we're not leaving our homes, we are emotionally tired and we're mentally tired. We don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, and that's scary. And so, my uh, VP of consumer marketing has been really good about this. Every day, she will send an email and get a prompt from us about like what's something that made you smile today, or like send a GIF of how you're feeling. Just trying to humanize everything for us right now instead of just talking business. It's hard. It's it's something we're not equipped for as probably a society, but especially in the workforce, we don't know how to turn it off. And I think my team also feels tremendous guilt that they still have a job right now and there's so many people getting laid off. I think that's really hard on them um, to keep coming to work and know we're one of the lucky ones that we can work in digital and we'll still have jobs hopefully at the end of all this. You never know, but we're in a pretty good spot right now where we can work from home and still make paychecks. and. That is very, um, we're very lucky with that. We feel very privileged with that. And so it's, it's a lot of those emotions. And like I said at the beginning, figuring out how people need to be managed. Nine people, they're different. Even though they might all be S's, they need different things. And so really making sure I'm checking in with them on what they need.
1: Yeah, I think just finding a way to connect in the way that that person needs. Mm-hmm. um it is just like incredibly important. So we ask this of everybody um who comes on the podcast and I'm really excited to ask you as well. Um the question being what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a personal or professional advantage
0: today? I think for me it's the understanding that someone's not going to just see that you're doing a good job and reward you for it. You have to talk about what you're doing. You have to celebrate your wins publicly. And that doesn't mean I'm going to go on Instagram and be like, I did this cool thing today. It's sending an email to my boss and saying, here's everything we've got going on and here's how it performed. And task and the skill it takes to really kind of celebrate yourself and talk yourself up is difficult for me because I will say 100 nice things about everyone I know but I'm very self deprecating I'm very hard on myself and so it's that's a skill that I've just recently learned and it's still hard for me but I remember in my previous jobs I'm a perfectionist I would do really good work and I want to get promoted and I would get mad about it that someone just didn't see me working hard and say we should promote her like I wasn't asking and I wasn't showing people what I was doing. I was just doing it expecting people to find the work. You know, Talk during meetings, present what you've got going on, make sure the company knows what you're doing and how it's hitting goals. Um, that's the most important thing I think you can do for your career because you can make mistakes left and right. You can not handle a situation well, you can be a bad manager, you can be a bad staffer, but like at the end of the day, if people don't know what you're doing, that's that's the worst thing that can happen for you. And I think
1: that that's just such good advice to give to people. So, you know, so much uh, help. I feel like an insight from you in regards to like how to navigate this really, really challenging time. Um, Some work from home tips, which I I think could be really also very helpful um, now and into the future, how to work with your team better um, and, um, you know how to make yourself seen. And, you know, there is, I agree, there's very much a difference between um, bragging or being proud of the work that you're doing. Um, And so be proud of the work that you're doing. Um, Where can everybody
0: find you when they want to get in touch with you? So I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is Whittle Little. And that is because (laughs) when I first moved here and was at my first kind of weird job, I was sent to a red carpet premiere for a movie. I don't even remember what the movie was called, but it had Dakota Johnson. Nope. Dakota Fanning. I can't keep up with the Dakotas now. Dakota Fanning. And I had a spot on the red carpet and I looked down and it said Whittle Little. And I was like, that's not my name. And when Dakota came over, she was like, it's really nice to meet you, Whittle. She's like, yeah, <laughs> that's my name. That's what that's what someone gave me. So, that is my handle on Twitter. I'm WP Little, but it's not fun to follow me there. I'm just retweeting a lot. I feel really weird about just sharing my opinions through text. I really like to uh, get in on the Instagram game, and I spend a lot of time documenting my husband, who is social media averse. So, I do a lot of spying on him or talking about how strange he is. He has a lot of hobbies, which I love documenting. I wish I were a hobby kind of person. I just, I like TV and that's about it. Um, I'm trying to get into baking though right now. I feel like working from home, I need to develop some hobbies. So that's first on my list. But um, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out TikTok. I can't figure it out. I'm 35. I don't think I have any business being there, but that's also a question for our businesses. How do we get involved in TikTok and
1: I got to tell you um as someone who I think I'm 33 I actually have been forgetting lately um for, <laughs> to be honest um TikTok is actually really fun our team in our social media pause um decided we're like let's do our first TikTok and we did our first TikTok and it was everybody creating a video of their like work from home situations I love um, that and we're like, welcome to my new office. And we did a little TikTok from everybody. Um, there's so much to it. It's actually really fun and engaging. And I completely get why like so many people are into it. So definitely give it a shot.
0: Like give it a it's shot. Good. It's fun. It's yeah. Fun. I like watching it. I don't know how to um, to contribute to this. It's as complicated, but it's, it's com- hard. Yeah, no, it actually is. <laughs> No,
1: it actually is. For everyone listening, like um, Whitney is actually one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, We've been having like a lot of serious talk in this episode, but like she's actually like everyone needs a little extra sense of like extra level of humor, I think, given the weight of everything happening in the world. So please, please get in touch with her for so many reasons, but like mainly that one. she can make you smile and make you laugh because she has an incredible sense of humor. Um, The biggest thing anyone's ever said about me. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's so true. Um, Thank you for being on today. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you. This has been so much fun.
1: Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.